Good evening. Climate liars. 50 years since the Clean Water Act. Bernie Sanders on labor's role and the mayor decries a brutal killing. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the WBAI News for Monday, April 4th, 2022. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres described a litany of broken climate promises, a file of shame cataloging empty pledges, part of the latest chapter of the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report, which was published today. Some government and business leaders are saying one thing but doing another. Simply put, they are lying. And the results will be catastrophic. This is a climate emergency. Climate scientists warn that we are already perilously close to tipping points that could lead to cascading and irreversible climate impacts. But high-emitting governments and corporations are not just turning a blind eye. They are adding fuel to the flames. Today's report comes at a time of global turbulence. Inequalities are at unprecedented levels. The recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic is scandalously uneven. Inflation is rising. And the war in Ukraine is causing food and energy prices to skyrocket. But increasing fossil fuel production will only make matters worse. Choices made by countries now will make or break the commitment to 1.5 degrees. A shift to renewables will mend our broken global energy mix and offer hope to millions of people suffering climate impacts today. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres. Guterres went on to say that governments had agreed in the 2015 Paris Accord to keep global warming well below 2 degrees Celsius, as 3.5 degrees Fahrenheit this century, ideally more than no more than a degree and a half Celsius, that's 2.7 Fahrenheit, yet temperatures have already increased by well over 1.1 degrees centigrade since pre-industrial times, resulting in measurable increases in disasters such as flash floods, extreme heat, more intense hurricanes, and longer burning wildfires, putting human lives in danger and costing governments hundreds of billions of dollars to confront. This year marks 50, meanwhile, in related environmental news, this year marks 50 years since the Clean Water Act was passed over veto by then-President Richard Nixon. Expected to clean up the country's waterways in 10 years, only half have been treated, and vast work still needs to be done to fix the growing crisis in water quality in the United States. WBAI spoke with the Director of Communications for the Environmental Integrity Project about what's been done and what remains to be done. Before 1972, when Congress passed the Clean Water Act, there were a lot of rivers like the Hudson River, the Potomac River, the Cuyahoga River that were so polluted, they were just reeking with raw sewage like the Potomac River, and they'd even catch on fire like the Cuyahoga River in Ohio. A a lot of extreme uh, pollution. Um, A lot of our rivers were treated basically as open sewers. When Congress passed the Clean Water Act, by an overwhelming margin, Republicans and Democrats, it really brought to bear an incredible amount of investment, more than a trillion dollars in upgrades to sewage treatment plants. And for a while, America's rivers and streams were getting better, about the first 20 years or so. Uh, However, the law never met its ambitious goals of making all of our waterways fishable and swimmable within 10 years by 1983. Today, 50 years after the law passed, 40 years after that deadline to make all waters fishable and swimmable, 50% 
of all rivers and streams in the U.S. are so polluted they cannot be used for fishing or swimming or other public uses. They're impaired is the legal definition of it. So we put out a report that basically says the promise of the Clean Water Act has only been half kept at the half century mark. And there's a lot more we need to do. You would think that keeping the water clean would be a no-brainer, but obviously it isn't since it's been such a struggle. The number one obstacle is farm runoff pollution. When farmers spread hog manure or chemical nitrogen fertilizer on their cornfields, rain washes it right off into the streams and rivers nearby, and it causes an immense amount of water pollution. Runoff from agriculture is the number one source of impairment uh, or pollution in rivers and streams across the U.S. The, the Clean Water Act was passed uh, with tight controls for piped pollution, like from factories or from sewage plants in the rivers, but almost no controls at all, no rules at all for runoff pollution, especially from grain fields and corn fields and other crop fields. There are some controls in the law for factory farms, big concentrated animal feeding operations with thousands of hogs or tens of thousands of chickens. Uh, but EPA is not really enforcing those parts of the law. And so we have an awful lot of pollution coming from these factory farms and even from, from uh, corn farms across the U.S. that is not being addressed at all. I guess uh, the former president uh, didn't see much value in this law. You mean Trump, Nixon? No, true. Oh. Well, Nixon brought it. I'm t- talking. I'm bringing it till he now. Vetoed, Nixon, yeah. Yeah, Nixon <clears throat> vetoed it. That veto was overridden. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Nixon vetoed the Clean Water Act, and then the House and Senate overrode his veto by a huge margin. Trump also was not a fan. You know, he kept talking about we want crystal clear water, crystal clear water, but he moved in the exact opposite direction. He imposed regulations that tried to basically eliminate a huge portion of rivers and streams in the U.S. from being protected by the Clean Water Act. He tried to roll back protections for a lot of wetlands, tried to roll back a lot of protections for a lot of smaller streams, especially those that are intermittent streams that don't run all year round, but still are important sources of drinking water downstream. He tried very aggressively to basically deregulate and defang the Clean Water Act. And how has the Biden administration been doing? We are hoping that the Biden administration will do more in terms of environmental enforcement, but we still need to see it. This is an opportunity for the Biden administration to put its money where its mouth is. Where are traditionally the areas that don't get a sewage treatment plant? Oh, a lot of uh, areas don't get sewage treatment plants. It's incredible, especially in smaller communities across the country. We highlight Louisiana is just one example where a lot of people still pump their waste into little pits in their backyard, and that just runs off the local rivers and streams. Rural communities in Indiana or Iowa, for example, Texas, usually it's the larger communities that have sewage treatment plants. The smaller ones don't, and they rely on septic tanks, which leak a lot of pollution into rivers and streams. And in some rural areas, they use straight pipes. When you flush a toilet, it literally is just piped into the backyard, and it's a terrible health hazard. But that is part of America, too, and people don't like to think about that. But we have a lot of really deplorable human health hazards posed by improper disposal of waste in this country. Do you know when you're getting into a river? I mean, do they require they at least put a warning sign? Yeah. I live in Baltimore, just down the street from my house, about two blocks away is an urban stream. But... My children 
grew up playing in. And yeah, they have a sign next to the stream saying, urban streams may present health hazards. They're not really saying directly, don't swim, don't play in the water. I know my kids grew up playing in, in that urban stream. And a lot of urban kids do play in streams that are really quite unhealthy. We need to make a lot more investments, make our waterways safe and fishable and swimmable like they're supposed to be. Tom Pelton, he is the communications director for the Environmental Integrity Project. And in Washington, speaking on the Senate floor today, Vermont Independent Bernie Sanders lauded workers at an Amazon warehouse in Staten Island that voted uh, to get a union last week. Sanders also gave a plug to Starbucks where workers uh, have been reaching steady unionizing success across the country. He also mentioned that last Friday, workers in New York City successfully voted to form the first Starbucks union roastery and 10th union Starbucks coffee shop in America. He says these are all key unionizing drives. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, let me begin by congratulating the workers at Amazon in Staten Island, New York, who for the very first time were able to win a union organizing campaign against that giant corporation, which is owned uh, by Jeff Bezos, the second wealthiest person in America. Amazon spent over $4 million in trying to defeat the union organizing drive in Staten Island and in Bessemer. The independent union, the Amazon labor union, had almost no money at all for their grassroots campaign, but ended up with 55% of the vote. Congratulations, Amazon Labor Union for your extraordinary and important victory. Madam President, I also want to congratulate the workers at Starbucks for their incredible union organizing efforts. Starbucks has coffee shops in some 15,000 locations all across America. And until a few months ago, none of them were organized. Then in December, workers in two shops in Buffalo, New York, voted to join a union. And that union organizing effort at Starbucks is spreading like wildfire all across the country. In fact, last Friday, Workers in New York City successfully voted to form the first Starbucks Union Roastery and 10th Union Starbucks coffee shop in the country. And in the coming weeks and months, Starbucks workers in some 170 other coffee shops in 27 states will be holding union elections. What makes these union victories so impressive is that from start to finish, they were accomplished by a grassroots movement with very little financial resources. Now, why is it important that we support these union organizing efforts at Starbucks and in other companies throughout the country? And the answer is pretty simple. We live in a time of massive income and wealth inequality, 
where CEOs make 350 times more than the average worker, where two people, two people own more wealth than the bottom 42% of Americans. We live at a time where the billionaire class is becoming much, much wealthier, while real weekly wages for American workers are $40 lower today than they were 49 years ago. In fact, we're seeing more income and wealth disparity now than we have seen in a hundred years. And what we are witnessing is a massive, massive transfer of wealth from working families and the middle class to the top 1%. People on top doing phenomenally well, while millions and millions of working class families are falling behind. And that has been going on for almost 50 years. Senator Bernie Sanders earlier today, the arrival of spring has seemingly immutable rituals, lengthening days, blossoming plants and a surge in bee activity. But the onset of spring is now being warped by the climate crisis, with new research finding that many species of birds are nesting and laying eggs nearly a month earlier than they did a century ago. United States scientists who analyzed the nesting trends of birds from egg samples collected in the Chicago area found that of the 72 species for which historical and modern data exists, around a third are now nesting much earlier in the year than before. John Bates is with the Field Museum of Chicago. This study was designed to basically look at whether or not bird species in the northeastern part of Illinois were changing their egg laying dates over time. And this is an egg of an American robin, and it was collected in uh, 1905. A number of the species are actually moving forward in terms of their egg laying dates, which is something that's consistent with lots of things going on in the environment, such as the leaping out of trees or the emergence of insects. Some species are, are nesting as much as 25 days earlier now than they were back in the early 1900s. What this is telling us is that our activities, because we know that climate change is accelerating as a result of human activities. And that is... A researcher at the Field Museum in Chicago, John Bates, the study published in the Journal of Animal Ecology drew upon records of birds eggs gathering uh, birds eggs gathered during a period from about 1880 to 1920 when people could rampantly collect them from nests without penalty. In international news, really war news, the grisly images of battered bodies left out in the open or hastily buried in Bukha, a city outside of Kiev, has led to calls for tougher sanctions against the Kremlin, namely a cutoff of fuel imports from Russia. Germany and France reacted by expelling dozens of Russian diplomats, suggesting they were spies. And U.S. President Joe Biden said Russian leader Vladimir Putin should be tried for war crimes. Moscow faced global revulsion and accusations of those war crimes today after the Russian pullout from the outskirts of Kiev revealed streets strewn with corpses of what appeared to be civilians, some of whom had seemingly been killed at close range. Remember, I got criticized for calling Putin a war criminal. Well, the truth of the matter, you saw what happened in Bukha. This warrants him, he is a war criminal. But we have to gather the information. We have to continue to provide Ukraine with the weapons they need to continue the fight and we have to gather all the detail so this can be an actual have a war crime trial 
This guy is brutal. And what's happening in Bukha is outrageous. And everyone's seen it. Up to Allah. No, I think it is a war crime. The president earlier today, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, said it would be difficult to bring war crime charges against Putin, but then added a description of Russian failures and successes in the war while warning of a long military slog ahead. Even as Russia acknowledges the failure of its initial plans and shifts its goals, three elements of this war remain constant. First, Russia will continue to use its military to try to conquer and occupy sovereign Ukrainian territory. Second, the Ukrainian military and people will continue to effectively and bravely defend their homeland. And third, the United States will stand by them for as long as it takes. Russia has tried to subjugate the whole of Ukraine, and it has failed. Now it will attempt to bring parts of the country under its rule. It may succeed in taking some territory through sheer force and brutality. But no matter what happens over the coming weeks, it is clear that Russia will never be welcomed by the Ukrainian people. Instead, its gains will be temporary as the brave Ukrainian people resist Russian occupation and carry on their fight for an independent, sovereign nation that they so richly deserve. And that was Jake Sullivan earlier today. Sullivan warned the world that the world should brace, he said, his words for additional potential war crime revelations. He said the Russians have now realized that the West will not break in its support of the Ukrainian government, but he warned that Russia was redoubling its offensive in other parts of the country after pulling many troops from around Kyiv. And in local news, big jump. A day after a 12-year-old boy was fatally shot in a parked car in Brooklyn, community leaders said the killing was just the latest episode to unsettle neighborhood residents who are both scared of street violence and wary of a return to aggressive police tactics. On Friday, the car sat at the curb in the East Flatbush section. Its passenger side windows smashed out and a single ragged hole pierced, piercing the rear glass. Bystanders watched investigators work both sides of Linden Boulevard near East 56th Street. Today, Mayor Eric Adams was there with family members. Uh, there was also a six-year-old girl, or a, a young girl, that is, who was shot six times, the mayor said. I believe revealed that information today is in the hospital. Uh, and um, his, her mother and aunt spoke as well. The boy's mother and the girl's aunt spoke. Uh, the mayor uh, expressed his rage at the events last week. Mothers should not be burying their children. And so... They wanted to come out and just share with the city their feelings. This violent, this gun action, it must be stopped. It is way too much of our people are being targeted and way too much innocent people are being killed. My nephew, he's gone. No more to return in this world. My daughter laid up in the hospital blaming herself. Why should she blame herself? It was in my neighborhood. I pay taxes. If you see something, say something. Whatever you see, call the police. Say something because it is not the end. We just don't know who is next. Who is next? And the mayor had this to say. The entire country should listen to the narrative of this family. Immigrants coming here to this country looking for a better way of life not for someone to take their life. They'll never give over, get over this moment. This is their neighborhood. This is their community. Block, right down the block from where the shooting took place 
is where the mom was there doing hair. Watching that baby in the car. We're so sorry. Birds cannot take away what you are going through. But you're representative of the best that this city and country has to offer. And your children represented that. And those who took their lives will be found. The police commissioner and I, we are committed to finding them. But it's time this entire city stand with families like these. Because there's only one question we have to answer if we don't get this right. Whose child is next? Mayor Adams, public advocate Jumani Williams, a candidate for governor, was there to give support to the mayor with whom he's often been at odds in the past. Usually when they talk about gun violence in the country, we see mass shootings, but the gun violence problem looks like this family and looks like the people we're talking about. Black folks are dying by guns every single day. I want to make sure I, I, I was here because I know the media sometimes plays up differences. But I want to make sure New York City sees their leaders standing together on message about the urgency of dealing with gun violence in our community. This mother was talking about and the aunt talking about seeing their son and nephew with food in his hand shot dead, a 12-year-old. Can you imagine? Why don't y'all imagine that in your, in your mind, see it in your mind. The trauma that Jenna is dealing with right now doesn't just go away. The trauma of the eight-year-old who's upstairs, who was in the car, survived, quote-unquote, unharmed, but has so much trauma in her right now. And that trauma begets trauma, begets trauma if it's not addressed in our community. So I'm here to just plead with everybody to be on one accord about this gun violence that is literally killing people. He's not coming back. He will not be back. He's 12 year old. His mother raised him as best as she could. A student, not in the streets, doing everything right. Just like Jenna. They paused in the community to eat something and were shot. That is unacceptable. By any stretch of the imagination, there has to be consequences and accountability for that. Public advocate Jumani Williams. And finally, in a new advertising campaign launched today, Mayor Eric Adams' administration denounced the parental rights in education bill dubbed by many as the Don't Say Gay bill and encouraged Florida residents to move to New York City. The digital campaign will be active for a month, for two months, April and May, delivering an estimated 5 million impressions at no cost to New York City taxpayers. Adams told that at a city uh, told us at a city hall uh, press conference earlier this morning. He went on to say space is donated, billboards are donated, advertisements are donated. Outside people who live in the city who understand that we cannot treat people unfairly are standing up the way New Yorkers do. And that's some of the news for Monday, April 4th, 2022. The news producer Linda Perry, our engineer is Rachel Johnson from New York City. I'm Paul DiRienzo. Thanks for listening.